Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have Mr. Terry Ogburn. Now, Terry is a gun at working on your business, not in your business. So if you're someone who gets stuck in the weeds, per se, someone who sometimes maybe has a little bit of trouble separating themselves out, you know, and can't see the forest or the trees, this is the episode for you. And I'm sure that you're going to love some of the insights from Terry, who's been around the industry for many, many years, and is here to help you grow your business. Now, of course, if you need help growing online and you need marketing assistance, you know where we are. You can head over to www.mogulcall.com where we help you become a mogul in your industry. But before we do that, let's jump into the show. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Oh, thank you, Kim, so much for having me on the show. And I'm glad to hear you that you're in Australia. That's fun to be talking from Florida to Australia. I know. I think this week <laughs> I've spoken to more people from the US than I have in a long time. So it's been, it's been good to use our, uh, our social distancing effectively and get, to get connected with people from all over the world. Now, Terry, I always like to start the podcast off with one, one question that I like to ask everyone, which is if you and I are at a party together and we're chatting and we're vibing and I say, Terry, what is it that you do? What's, what's your go-to answer? I help businesses make money. I like it. I like it. And then, of course, the uh, it has a story. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, the story behind that is that when I started to go into business 14 years ago, I wanted to differentiate, my, differentiate myself from other people. And, and I think most businesses would want to do that. You want to be a little bit different. And there was a ton of consultants and a ton of coaches. And you've been in this space for a while. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in my space and what I do. So I don't put coach or consultant, I put business development. So that way on my business card, it's about me helping you develop business. My take is that if I help you make money, you'll keep me. I've got a client, Marine Max, that I've had for 10 years. It's the largest boat company in the United States. I work with 11 of their people in different capacities from vice president to the sales team and marketing team. So it's more about adding to the bottom line. And, you know, I think you would agree with me, Kim, if, if I add to the bottom line of your company, you'll keep me. Yeah, exactly. You have no reason not to, right? Yeah. I'm making you money. So why not? You know? Awesome. So then like, coupling on from that, how do you do that for people? Obviously you mentioned coaching, consulting and things like that. And I've had a couple of consultants on recently. And I always like to find out what, that actually means to people. So if, if I was, if someone brings you into a company, what's your first port of call? What do you do? How do you go about helping them? First, I like to sit down with the prospective client and then find out what it is their dream looks like. What does their business look like five years from now? So if they can paint me a picture of what that would look like, then the, we establish the dream. So if you look at my website, it'll say bridge the gap between dreams and reality. Well, if once I understand your dream, then we, then we start to look at reality. And like building a bridge, you have to build from both ends. So you have to build from the dream side down and you have to build from the, the, what you can really work with, you know, up to the bridge. And they got, they're supposed to meet in the middle. Hmm. So how do you, I understand in principle building from the reality side, because that's obviously doing the hard work, putting, building things up. How do you build from the dream side? Like what does that actually look like? 
Well, it would be like taking Indian Mine. So let's say that you wanted to have a $10 million company or a $15 million company in five years. So then we'd have to say, okay, where would you be in four years, three years, two years, one year? And so then with my program, the way I teach is that you only focus on 90 days. So we take a 90-day chunk, and then we just lay out the amount of touches that you need to have, the prospecting you need to be doing, the amount of marketing that you have to be doing, but you have to lay out a marketing plan in order to get that. So then you make those intersections come together. If you need, like for an example, if you want to sell a boat a week or a sales item one a week, you need to be making 100 touches a week. So this is communication back and forth with your client. And depending on how many sales you need to make depends on how many touches you build. You build a marketing funnel, you build a pipeline, and then you figure out how to touch them. And this is whether it's digital or door-to-door, face-to-face, however you want to do it. You can build a recession-proof business by simply understanding the numbers. Yeah, 100% agree. And that's the, the same as a web, you know, Facebook and Instagram ad, ads is what we do and that's what we focus on. And it's the same thing. We need to look at, you know, how many leads someone wants, how, how many they're getting at the moment, what's the gap in between and, and kind of fill it up. would love to know. So you've been doing this for 15 years now. What made you 15 years ago go... I want to jump in and start consulting with people, helping them develop their businesses. Like what, what kicked things off there for you? If you remember that in the 2004, 2005, that's when the real estate market actually started to tank. The interest rates started to go up and then the properties values fell and all this kind of stuff. And my idea was the end of 2005. And what I realized was this, it was anybody who's going to turn this country around, it was going to be the small business people. So my work, the work that I do, the business development plan that, that I created started working in 1989. And I've used the same plan with a few tweaks here and there, social media adding and things like that. But I've used this plan to help grow Radio Shack, AT&T Wireless, uh, Century 21. So some major companies have used this, brought me on board to, to put my system and things in place. But when it comes down to it, Kim, it's just four things. And may I share that with your audience? Yeah, please, please. The first thing is commitment. So we have to be all in. Boats, burn the boats, as they've said many times, but get all in with whatever you're doing. Just commit to doing it. This stuff of playing around and dabbling and trying to do part-time stuff, this and that, you know, if you don't have the funding, get the money. Get a, get, do it for real. Then you have to be totally <clears throat> determine your determination must be unstoppable because there, there is going to be a dark side you're going to get up every day wondering why you did this you're going to get up every day with you know people putting pressure on you whatever it feels like you'll never make the end you know but you just got to get up every day with that attitude of expectance that you're going to make it you're going to get through it you know find new ways to to get there i described this earlier that it's like an ambush if you get there to an ambush, if you cower down, you're going to, you know, you're going to die. And if you try to run and they really want to kill you, they're going to chase you down. So, I mean, you're not getting away. So you might as well try to go through it over and around it or whatever. So I'm very, you know, I encourage all people to really be determined about what they want. Just be headstrong about it. And then put disciplines in your life. Number three, put disciplines in your life that make your commitment come true. If you have to get up an uh, extra half hour or hour earlier because you got to learn something to be a better person or to be a better uh, boss or better leader, whatever, get up there with that in, in mind. 
If you're going to be the best leader in the country or wherever you want to be, be excellent at it. Don't be just good at it. Good is your evil. Just be just be the best that you can possibly be. And then visualize, number four, is visualization. It works. Visualize you're already in possession of the commitment, whether it's the leadership or the time management role or whatever it is that you want. Just visualize you already in possession. And you'll be surprised through the law of attraction how the doors will open for you and get you to your goals. Mm, I love those points. So one of the ones that I would love to know about, especially in times like these, right, where people's commitments being tested and all this sort of stuff where, you know, uh, in filming of this, we're in the midst of all the global craziness going on. I saw some stats this morning, I think, were out of the US, which was like something like, I think it was like 20 million people uh, were added to the unemployment line. And I think in Australia, we've probably had, you know, we're about one-tenth of the size. So I think we've had similar about one, one million people or something like that that has happened. To me, that one of the big indicators that comes out of that is that, well, a lot of businesses were, as Warren Buffett would say, they were swimming you know, naked. They're like, when the tide goes out, you see who was out there swimming naked for all these businesses to not really be able to weather a storm of 30 days or 60 days of sales going down to still be able to pay their staff. Well, what, are you, what have you noticed in the crazy times going on now, being that you consult, you consulted with some really big companies and, you've, you, know, and you consulted with small businesses as well? What, what have people done wrong in the lead up to this? So what I'm looking for is like, what are the lessons that people could take away from what's happened now in the future? If something similar happened, not necessarily another flu or pandemic, but if something similar happened where it's like, cool, you've got to shut your business down for 30, 60 days. What are the things that you've noticed that good businesses do well? And what are some of the things that some of the small businesses and even big businesses, like even in Australia, our airlines, they, they're struggling. What are some of the things that they've done wrong in the lead up to events like this? Well, I have a lot of opinions, as you would say, Kim. I have a lot of also insight in things that I see. The large thing that I would say here is that businesses need six months worth of money. Okay, you need a reserve account. And when I was selling franchises, we would never let you go open a franchise that you didn't have six months worth of capital to run the business as if no money's coming in. So you should always have, like when I had my air conditioning business, uh, every every morning when my uh, bookkeeper would put the deposit together, she wrote a check to us for 2% of the money we collected that day, you know, for that was going in our deposit. And we just kept pulling and be surprised how much money that, so when you're in, in a tight somewhere, you've got someplace to go to, to get your reserve. Of course, the last thing you want to do is when you're in a tight is go to find it you know, find money because when you're in trouble that nobody wants to give you money. So that's a mistake that people are doing. So you've got to anticipate, like I was in the travel industry when I was called up, so to speak, to head up the training department for a startup for travel industry. And so we launched in 94 with the idea that we were going to go public in five years which that's what you do with a star or with a franchise. So visionary, which is another thing that people have to have their hands on. They have to know what's going on in the economy. They have to know what's going on in the world. And I don't think they keep enough eye on what's going on. Not just in our country, but all around the world, what's going on, where these things are, what are taking place. Well, when the, we started in 94 with a five-year projection of going public. Well, in 1995, if you remember, that's when the internet started to come alive. Okay. And so my boss, we scheduled a class for us all to go to this internet class to understand more about the, the web and all this stuff. You can imagine we, you know, I still have an AOL address, you know, because that's the first one I got. So anyway, so after it was over, he says, we got to accelerate our, our public 
going public. And we're all in like, what? Wonderman. He goes, the internet's going to destroy the travel industry. And voila. So you have mm-hmm. to, you have to be a visionary to know. You have to look and see what's going to happen. And like, like as we were talking earlier, when our president got Ford Motor Company and a company in Florida to, to put this together, there's a great book out there called The Medici Effect. I don't know if you've heard of it, but if you're, you or your listeners would like to read a good book, it's a great book. Have you ever heard of NetJet? Yes, NetJet, yeah. Okay. Well, NetJet was formed by two guys happening to be in timeshare in Marco Island, Florida. And they were saying, what a great idea for being able to timeshare your condo and so forth. Well, why can't we do it in the airline industry? And so they formed NetJet. Do you know who bought NetJet? No. Warren Buffett. How would it be to create an idea, put it, put it together, and then somebody like Warren Buffett just swoop in and, and say, well, let me take it to a bigger level for you. Mm. This is what shark tanks are about. You go there with your little small idea and these guys get behind you and, and you know, throw a party and the next thing you know, you're in, you know, sitting on the west coast of California type thing. But during crises or during times like this, we need to be more on top of our business. We need more meetings. We need more check-in periods. In times like this, when people are working from home, some people are not conducive to work from home. So now they have Doctor on board that does profiling. And this is another thing that companies can do now to that'll emerge from these type of things is learning how to profile your, your staff, the people you're bringing on. I mentioned to the VP that he's mentioned to Dr. Bowman that he needs to come up with a profile that is ideal from working from home. So these are little things that are already out there that we need as new entrepreneurs and budding as this world changes now. It will change in just a few months. We're going to see this whole way we do business is going to change. More people are going to be at home. There's going to be more office space. There's going to be all kinds of opportunities. Every business that's out there, in my opinion, should be doing a SWOT exercise right now. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And look for new ways to, I can't speak for you guys, but over here, our grocery stores are putting plastic in front of the cashiers. Well, look at there. There's, a, there's now a product that needs to be built, serviced, replaced. It's going to be cracked. It's going to be grommets that need to be done. So let's pivot now. Your, your business should be able to pivot. So that means if we run into a brick wall, like air conditioning, for an example. You know, we had this when, when I had my air conditioning company. Well, we've got to winter in Florida. Guess what? There's no winter. So that's a brick wall. So you have to have other things to do. Another thing to do is be very transparent with your employees. This also has you, uh, saves you. Quick story, when I was in the air conditioning business and we went through the savings and loan debacle, which was in the early 80s and people started, everything started drying up. And so one guy had about six people came and there was, I had enough money to make payroll and I had enough money to pay the phone bill. And that was it. So I called my team in and laid it out in front of them. I was totally transparent. So we got enough money to do one or the other. We don't have money to do both. I do have money coming in at the beginning of the week, you know, and that stuff. And they knew that was, there was hope there. And so for me, I can tell you, I was very lucky that they chose to pay the phone bill. Now we were able to keep some of the money and, you know, everybody got a little $25 here and we was, you know, it was in the eighties. So it wasn't like there was a big money, but anyway, the point is that when you're transparent with your team, then your team will buckle, you know, 
uh, buckle around you. You know, they will come together and they will work. But if you tried, I could have sit, stood there on Friday, as you well know, and said, listen, guys, I had a choice to make. I decided to pay the phone bill because you know that we can't get paid if the phone doesn't work, you know. But I didn't feel that was right. It was their money. It wasn't my money. So now if they chose not to, obviously, you know, what would happen. So another thing in this, in this time period that I would recommend to all of, all of the listeners is there, here's four things. First of all, you need a burning desire. Whatever it is you want, you need to make sure, you know, it's you, you're just that passionate about it. Then you have to have a why. So if you have a burning desire backed by a definite purpose, a reason that you really want it with a desired outcome, so you, already, you put all those three pieces together, that becomes your, your priority or your goal or whatever you, however you want to label it. You get that solid in your mind. Then you create an action plan on how to take you from point A to point B. It's baby steps. What it, break it down, chunk it down, whatever it might be. Just get it down to manageable levels. Remove all negativity. That means if you turn off the TV, that means that you don't do anything negative. It means you, negative people are not allowed to talk to you right now, you know, because we need to stay focused on our, our desire. And then number four, put people around you that support your dream, support your, how you're going to connect your reality together. You need mentors, you need coaches, you need people right now that are going to be there for, to give you that self-esteem or that encouragement or, or something right now. We need to get up with an attitude of expectancy that this is going to be a better day than it was yesterday. This is regardless if it's a pandemic or a crisis, it doesn't matter. We just should get up with an attitude that this is just going to be the best day we, that we had. It's going to be better than before. Another little tip I would make along those lines is learn how to evaluate your day at the end. At the end of the day, put a time together that says, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And really analyze that and really make sure that you're making the best use of your time. You know, like my, um, my construction company, just give you how to pivot a company. Say if we got some listeners out there, they're in the construction business. Okay. So I, my advice was for the, the owner of the company to put together all of his investors, call all of his investors, find out who the investors are going to be in this market and who's not get separate them. So you know who your, who your investors are, then have your sales team go out and find projects that are under construction. They're, they're working, you know, things, whatever around the neighborhood, you're going around just, just looking at whether it's houses, small buildings, anything that fits your, you know, your niche of the marketplace. Then start calling them. Say, so call them up and ask them, say, listen, we're a construction company here locally. If you run into trouble, you need a sub, you need somebody to help, come in, swoop in. I'll be glad to take you. Oh, you're out of funding? Okay, let me get my boss together and see if we can't get some funding for you so you, you can help you through this. So you see where I'm going with that? So you're looking at an at industry that people are going to be failing at. Then you just be prepared to go and help them, whether they need financing or they need to, you may swoop a project from them. You, you just don't know. The other thing you're doing when you're helping people, like with, I'm telling with my boat people, go send messages out to them. Tell them that you're open, how to use your app, how to get scheduled, how to do all the things on the, from the computer nowadays. Now, when they run into opposition, their friends run into opposition with their companies they're dealing with, you're going to stand out because that person goes, not with my company, my company's on top of it, man. My company's calling me. My company's telling me how to do things. So when we do emerge victorious, we're going to emerge with more market share because people are going to come flocking to us. That's so true. And I think the the big thing, even from, from staff to stakeholders to, to your clients, I think, as you said there, is the communication. 
like you just have to you have to talk to people about what's going on. I think, as you said, if you bury your head in the sand, then it's like you, nothing's going to happen. And I know even from removing the, the negativity, like when everything first broke in Australia, I remember I, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to see how negatively this affects me. So I was I was watching on, on Facebook, I was looking at all the, the stories, I was reading all of the news articles, I was looking at everything, reading everything that was going on in Australia. I literally started to feel like I was sick. I was like, oh, I started coughing. I was like coughing a little bit. I was like, do I have a fever? Like how, what's, what's going on, right? It, it literally, it, it affects you when you consume that stuff. So I think so important what you said there. And then I think if you do get those, all those points, as you mentioned, in alignment, then it makes it so much easier going forward and it's easier for you for you to communicate because you know exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it and the how as well. And then all you've got to do is actually take the, take the action towards it. So um, I absolutely love all the points you've just shared. Can't point, point. can't point to one thing you were talking about. Our cells are not connected to each other. Most people don't realize that. But if you do a scientific study, you'll find out that there's a membrane that, that encompasses each cell. So the cells are not actually touching the membrane is touching and that membrane is what holds everything together. And that's called ether. And that ether stores energy. You have a beach coast or something like that around where you live. So you can be in the mainland and you can go across to the, to the water and all of a sudden all the calm comes to you. So you just feel different. You think you could be driving along with your eyes closed and you would actually know when you, when you went over the bridge or the calmness that would come over you. Okay. Well, the same thing happens when we're in this world today. If we have everything negative, ether doesn't know negative from positive. It just knows energy and it starts storing it and because that's what it needs to keep us alive and to keep us going. It, we need that energy. So when we take control through our subconscious, we can actually communicate to that membrane and through positive vibrations, through positive affirmations. All these things are things I believe in that we should be saying, you know, to keep us going, to keep us a chance if you want. Music. I've used Danger Zone. You probably remember the song Danger Zone. If I want to drive, man, I just want to put that song in and just get on the highway because I know I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be flying, you know, so to speak. I'm not breaking the speed limits by any means, but it's just a, a good song to get you in the driving mood. You know? Mm, yeah, 100%. That's so true. Now, there's one question I always like to ask everyone as well, which is at the end of our time together, which is what's one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Oh, wow. Good. Good question. One of the things that comes to mind is data-driven decision-making, and especially mm. in this time that we're in right now, but at all times, we need to have a good scorecard, KPIs, our key performance indicators. We have to know what our numbers are. Most people have gotten into QuickBooks and, and things of that nature. But QuickBooks and things are past accounting. It's easy. It's very easy to do and plug in and you get this thing. But think of it this way. When you do your stuff in QuickBooks, at the end of the month, you can present, be presented with a P&L. But it, it may take two or three days after the figures are loaded in. It may take a week. Well, what happens a week or 10 days when you get all the figures loaded in and you found out you lost money? Okay, so we should be projecting our income and then projecting our expenses. Because if we take and, and map out a year's expenses and a mere engine and add in for gas inflations and stuff, and based on our tracking numbers, the P&Ls, we can then forecast for, for the future. Put a 30% growth on your business. I would never, ever, ever want any business to start with less than a 30% growth. Not a 80% growth, whatever, 30% growth. 30% growth, we lose 15% of our business every year. 
It's just, it has nothing to do with you or me. It's just the uncle went in the business, the person moved on, whatever. Okay. When we have our consumer price index, which is the inflation that we have to deal with. So that we usually takes about 7% considering gas and food and all the things we have to take in care. Well, we have to grow our business 22% just to break even. So if we don't shoot for 30%, then 30% is allowing us to increase our business by a small margin. By using a P&L, you can also factor in your income tax or the state taxes or whatever you have to pay. A lot of companies don't pay, they don't pay the taxes until the end of the year. They don't think about them. And then they come up and the thing, and then they do, oh, well, you owe $5,000 in taxes. And then they go borrow the money. You, the customers are supposed to be paying your taxes, not you. You figure out what it is and you put it into the revenue. Mm. I learned this when the air conditioning days, they wanted me to start taking Misa and MasterCard and, and American Express, you know, the com- companies come around knocking on your door, take my cards, take my cards. So I said, okay, what do I do? And they said, well, you sign up here. And I said, well, we're going to charge you. American Express was 3% at the time. And I said, well, 3%. And she said, well, the guy says, don't worry about it. Just add that 3% into the price of the sale. And I thought, wow, that's an income stream. So just put a 5% thing across the board for taking credit cards, PayPal, whatever it is, just put a 5% thing across the board. And if they pay you cash or check, you win an extra 5%, mm. right? So these are things that we can forecast. These are things that we can look for, you know, look, look into the future for. Cost of sales. I worked with an air conditioning company and I said, well, uh, we have to figure out what your cost of sales is because we have to have that margin, your gross margin. He said, well, I add on 40%. I said, well, you're not making a 40% margin then. He said, oh, yeah. He says, I total up my expenses and I had 40%, multiply that 40%. And I said, yeah, and you come up with $2,500 or whatever and you're losing your money. And he says, well, what's a 40% margin? And I said, well, you take 1,800. Well, that means it's 3,000. So you take 40% of 3,000, that's 1,200. That 1,200 turns into 18. Now I've got a true 40% margin. That's $500 more than he was making on his way. And also we were covering all the expenses and putting money in the treasure, you know, keeping some of it. So people don't understand the difference between a a markup and a a 40% margin and a 40% markup. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's very important for everyone listening to take note of that as well, because it's, as you said, it's very easy for something like that to bite you down the track, if, especially if you're only looking retrospectively as opposed to forecasting. Now, Terry, if anyone, anyone listening today, if they've gone, I like this Terry guy, I want to find out more about what he's up to. How can people find out more about what you're up to? How can, how can people connect with you? Okay, great. First, terryogburn.com. Very simple. You'll be in the show notes, terryogburn.com. But I have a special offer for your listeners. I know that we're in a little bit of a time here. So I've taken my fast start program and I've reduced it from $19.97 to $1,297. You'll work with me individually, one-on-one for 12 weeks. And at the end, you'll have a business development plan that'll help you through any crisis that, that you want. It's a little quick thing that we can do real fast. My cell number is 727-422-4771. Feel free to reach out to me. We'll set an appointment. We'll talk. We'll see if we're compatible. If, it's, if my system is going to work with yours, we'll go forward and have some fun. Awesome. Easy done. So guys, if you missed that number, if you're listening to this anyway, it's in the show notes. So if you're listening, click through and check out the show notes. If you're watching this live or on Facebook or YouTube, then head over and uh, you can click onto our site and you will see all the details there to connect with Terry. And Terry, again, thank you so much for making the time to come over here and uh, chat with us. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you, sir, again for having me on your show and best of luck to you and your listeners. Cheers, you too. Cheers, mate.